thinking about some things, and there's some things that God has been speaking to me about going forward. Amen? Not to go backward. Uh, a lot of Christians are falling, and they're falling hard. Because they get their eyes off of Jesus, right? <laughs> Listen, I learned something about, about serving the Lord. I can come to church till I'm blue in the face. If I'm not going to believe what God says, it's, it's a waste of God's time. I got to believe what the Word says, right? And I studied through the Bible, and I learned that there's a lot of things about this book that we neglect. You know, we've been talking a lot about well, I talked about the Antichrist and that false prophet the last two weeks. And it's because there's things happening in this world. If we're not looking and preparing and setting our heart in order, we're not going to make the coming of the Lord. And I want to challenge you this morning just to listen, praise God. There's a little word that I, I hadn't talked much about, but I see it happening every day. A little word called backsliding. Amen. I want to talk about the heart of a backslider. Uh... What does that mean? To back? It means to walk away from what's right. It's to go the other way. You know, when you learn truth and you establish it and you go the other way, then you're a backslider, right? You're turning away from what's right. My God, I feel the presence of God. We're not here to make a social club. We're here to teach you the gospel. I'm not here to, we're not here to make you see me or anybody else. We're here to see the Lord. And to understand his ways, right? And everyone in this building, and I'm not lying to you, including me, have a responsibility to obey God. Oh, <laughs> come on. You, I can't go to your house and make you obey God. I can tell you what you need to do, right? But when it's, it's all settled, you got to decide whether you're going to continue walking in the faith that the Lord established in your life. And I want to talk a little bit about, I want you to turn to Hosea real quick. Chapter 1. Hosea was prophesying during the time of Israel, where Israel was in a backslidden state. And if you study the Bible, you find that Hosea and Amos, the Old Testament, they were minor prophets. They weren't really minor. We call them minor, but they were prophesying the truth. Just that their books wasn't as big as... The other ones, like Ezekiel and, and Jeremiah. But they, Amos was prophesying during that time, and he was letting them know, or, or Hosea, that the nation of Israel had backslidden. They had gotten off track with God. They started accepting pagan worship into their lives, and they started turning away from the Lord. And forgetting all the things that God has done for them. You know, bringing them out of Egypt. Delivering them from their enemies. Listen, if you ever study your Bible and look, read the book of Judges, you'll find a story that through Judges, as long as Joshua was alive, because Joshua was the, the protege, the one that Moses chose to take his place after he died. And as long as Joshua was alive, the people did what was right. But after Joshua died, Judges started ruling Israel. Now, if you ever read the book of Judges, you find out they start off good. Many want to on fire for God, but after a while, they get lazy. Lawrence, falling asleep, Chucky, going back. They start worshiping other gods. And all of a sudden, my God, the Lord puts them through trials. He lets another nations come in there 
and, and take them over. Then after the other nations would come in and cause them tribulation and you know, troubles and put them in bondage, they would cry out to the Lord. And the Lord would deliver them. He would send a, a judge. He would send somebody to fight for them. And all of a sudden, they're praising God again. They're on top of the world again. They've defeated their enemies. And all of a sudden, after a while, they get laid back again and they get lazy again. And all of a sudden, they start worshiping false gods and doing things that weren't pleasing to the Lord. My God, are you listening to <laughs> And all of a sudden, God causes another nation to come in and take over them again. And after that, they, get, they start persecuting the, the Israelites and all of a sudden they cry out to God again. And God comes in, delivers them again. But after a while, you read the book of Judges, you find out he, God waits for a little while because they've, they, they've, they've repented, but they went right back. So God, so I'm going to let them suffer a little bit more. I'm going to let, let their troubles stay with them a little bit longer. And it come down to I mean, years before God would even answer them. Because their heart wasn't right. You understand what I'm saying? They only wanted God when they was in trouble. <laughs> Listen. You might have came, took a bad day to come to church. <laughs> they only wanted God when their pocketbooks were filled. and They only wanted God when their families were doing good and they had the life of Riley. Everything was going great. But after a while, they get laid back. They get lazy. Now... Hosea is prophesying during the time of a king called Jeroboam II. This was called, the, he was the son of Jehu. Now, I don't get to get all this. See, he, Israel had gotten lazy. And they were sinning in, in, in idolatry. And if you ever study the kings, and, and, and you know, uh, if you study 1 uh, and 2 Chronicles, 1 and 2 Kings, this is the life of the kings of Israel and, and Judah. And there was a, Jesus left a line. The Holy Spirit left a line that Jesus could come out of the tribe of Judah. He came from King David. But the nation of Israel split. And all of a sudden you find Israel serving pagan gods. And you find Judah most of the time. Not all the time. But most, some of their kings were godly kings. Like Hezekiah, uh, Hezekiah or, or uh, you know, all these kings like this that were serving the Lord. But in this time, we have a time of call. They were backsliding. And I'm going to read something to you. Now, see, most people don't say, why would God ask Hosea to do this one thing? He told Hosea in chapter, I want to start verse 2. The Lord speaking to Hosea the prophet. Hosea chapter 2. Chapter 1, verse 2. Y'all there yet? It says, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said unto Hosea, and listen to this, go take yourself a wife of harlotry. What do you mean by this? Go find your whore, a woman of the night, someone that sells her body. He said, go get your wife. I said, why would God tell Hosea, a prophet, a holy man, to marry a harlot? And people, we... we <laughs> Some of us in the self-righteous realm said, well, God, I'd never marry a harlot. <laughs> but God had ordered this for a specific reason. It was to show the sin of Israel. This lady was a harlot, which 
was symbolizing the condition of the nation of Israel. And I can go back right now. A lot of times we've got harlotry in the church because the church is neck and neck with the world. They're doing the same thing in a lot of cases the world is doing. Marlo, I don't preach today. <laughs> we got to find out what God's will is for our lives. God told Hosea, go marry this whore. And he said, go take yourself a wife of harlotry and the children of harlotry. For the land has committed great harlotry. Talking about Israel. Go take this wife. I'm, I want to teach you through this, this prostitute where the nation of Israel is. But we need some Hosea's in the church today, brothers. Listen, I... My, my mission here as a pastor is not to lord over, this, over you, but to give you God's word. I don't believe God wants me to go to your house and tell you how to run your house. I believe you ought to know how to run it. When you come here, my job is to tell you what the gospel says. That you take it out of this, this, these doors and you do what God says, right? If you don't do what he says, then the consequences is it's going to be bad, Right? I didn't make that happen. God did that, right? So when we find the fact that Hosea is prophesying and the Lord said, go get this harlot, marry her, and take her to yourself. And he went and took Gomer. Oh, what a wife. What a name for a wife. Gomer. Pookie <laughs> said, I think I bought Gomer Powell. I think I Gomer. <laughs> This is my wife, Gomer. <laughs> Look, it's said Janice or Pamela or whatever. Or, or your name. But Gomer? Okay. <laughs> Go find this woman, this, one, this harlot, Gomer, and take her and marry her. And it goes on. If you read the story, you find out. And I can't go through all of it. She had some children for, uh, for Hosea. And each one of those children had a name. And it all represented the rebellion of Israel. Their names represented, you know, Israel's departure from God. Uh, uh, you have to read it all. I can't get into all of it, but she had, they had about four children. One of them probably wasn't her child, one for Hosea at all. And they named these children after the rebellion that Israel was in. Then I'm, I, I got to go with this because I'm a... I'm a I'm going to try to jump to the back of this picture, okay? Because I can't get in. Because if you read the whole book of Hosea, you find out it's God constantly dealing with, with Israel about their sin, about their rebellion, about they're going to be punished for their sin if they don't follow the ways of the Lord. And God wasn't happy with the nation of Israel. But at the very end, let me read it to you. It says in chapter 3, I'm not going to the end of the book, but I want to, I want to mark this out. In verse, chapter 3, verse 1, the condition is that, see, Gomer had gotten into, went back into prostitution. She left Hosea, and she started committing harlotry. And what she was doing, she was working, if you read the story, just like a prostitute. She would get her grain, her oil, all that stuff she needed by, you know, having prostitution with people, men. And this angered the Lord because he was, it was a symbol of Israel. She got off into things away from her husband, doing things she shouldn't have done. 
And it says in verse 3, the Lord said to me, go again and love a woman who is lo who's loved by lovers. And I'm reading New King James. And it's committing adultery. She's saying, listen, I want you to go back. See, I don't know how long she went a-whoring. But she was, at this time, she was used. I mean, her life was destroyed. Her body was destroyed. She could have been years. I don't know how long she stayed in the holotry. And she was on an auction block. She belonged to another man. <laughs> she was a slave. And this, this man... <laughs> This man was going to sell her. So what the Lord told Hosea, go back and buy her. My God. Go back and buy her. And, and let her know you love her. And Hosea went and he paid top dollar. Now before she probably was a beautiful woman. You get what I'm saying? She probably was somebody that was, I mean she was... I mean, she had prostitutes. They're not ugly people. And, but she was ragged down. She probably was drained out. Her, you know, her life had got a hold of her. She was just, just about gone. She couldn't do much. My, how many, come on, Holy Ghost. How many of you feel like that sometimes? You're just out of it. You feel like, I ain't got no room left to go. I ain't got no place to run. You need to go back to your father's house. Like the prodigal son done. You remember the story? He said, Father, give me everything that's coming to me. And he gave him everything. He went and lived his uh, uh, sinful life, rottenness life, and spent everything that he had. And, and when he was finished, all his money was gone. All his friends were gone. He was feeding pigs. And he bought a pig pen, and he said, Lord. He said, he said to himself, he came to himself. That's what it says. Came to himself and said, I had it better in my father's house. <laughs> I think I'm going to go back. <laughs> To my father's house. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my father's house. And I'm going to ask him, just make me a servant. I don't have to even be your son. But as he was walking down that road to his father's house, his father saw him. Guess what, what, guess what the father done? He ran to him. And embraced him. And loved him. Most of us said, he don't deserve it. Don't tell me what God, God knows who deserves what. He, he loved his son. And he went and embraced him, which is a symbol of the Lord for us. When we fall into sin, we fall away from God, we come back, he's waiting to embrace us. And he put a robe on his back. He came back with them old ruggedy clothes full of pig slop and, and, and his hair on. I could, I could picture that in my mind, what he looked like. What the world had done to him. Father said, put some shoes on his feet. Put a robe on his feet. That, re that represented sonship, right? Authority. And put a ring on his finger. You know what that ring was? That ring was a symbol of, of, of financial freedom because he could use it like a credit card. Only a son could have that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> You spend all your father's money. Your father's going to give you your, his credit card to go. <laughs> That's what it amounted to. <laughs> and he, the father forgave him and restored him, right? And I ain't got time to go into the oldest son, what the deal was with him. But it, just think about how God loves you, right? When you drift away from him, 
He's waiting to take you back. That's awesome. That's awesome. And he says here, in verse 1, I'm going to read it again. The Lord said unto me, go again, love a woman who is loved by her lover and is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who looked to another gods and, 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 and the raising kings of pagans. It says here, I brought her for, I bought her for myself. For 15 shekels of silver. I don't know how much that worth, but it was a lot. Right? And, and one and a half uh, homers of barley. And I said, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor have any man. Have a man so too. And I, will I, I be toward you? Now listen, he is using Goma as an example, Right? He's telling now Hosea, go buy this woman back. She's for sale. <laughs> her life is destroyed. Everything about her is gone. Every dignity in her body, every, everything about her, life is gone. Destroyed. Nobody wants her. Nobody wants her anything. But he tells Hosea, you go buy her back. And don't pay a little bit for her. Pay the ultimate price. Listen, you was a sinner going to hell. What did Jesus give to you? He gave everything. Everything he had. His whole, he, his life. He paid the ultimate price. I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't you ever shake your fist in the, the Son of God's face. Because he gave everything he had for you. And he paid the ultimate price for your sins. And he said, go buy her back, Hosea. I want her back into my family. Hallelujah. Let me, let me read. what I, my, You can close your Bible right now if you want. I want to share something with you. I want to read the scriptures that I... You can write them down. I, you need to bring you a little... A few people bring pencils and papers and stuff. Then go back and read it, okay? It makes it a little easier. <laughs> Believe me, it's in the Bible. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, it makes a statement that a lot of Christians... When I was growing up in the Lord, I heard this so, so often. And it still sticks with me. It's better you don't know. Than after you know. To turn from it. Now listen, this is an ugly picture. I've always said it. But it needs to be said. He said, it's like a, a dog turning back to his own vomit. You ever saw a dog eat his own vomit? But that's what it looks like to the Holy Ghost. When you turn back to the world. It's like a dog going back to his own vomit. A pig. That was washed. Going back into the mud. You heard me say that a couple of weeks ago. I said you ever saw a pig? You can, you can take a pig out of the mud. You can clean it up. You can wash it down. Put some perfume on it. Put a little bow on his head. Man you, you can make a pig look good. <laughs> But let it loose. <laughs> it's, going, it's going back into the mud. <laughs> because you know why? His heart is in the mud. You know, Christians that go always back and back, where's your heart today? <laughs> okay. Going into the mud. Better you don't know. So see, right now, you know. You have no excuse, right? 
So you can't say, God, when you get to heaven, I didn't know. Yes, you do know. You, you, you're more responsible for what you know than what you don't know. That makes sense to you? If you know something and know it to be true and reject it, it's, if you don't accept the truth, there's judgment on the other side. That's a tough statement, but I didn't write this book, okay? It's like a dog going back to his own vomit. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, We must give more heed, earnest heed to the things which we have received, lest they slip. See, when you come to church, it's to teach you to walk with the Lord, right? See, I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message. So when, when we get up here and teach you the word, if you, if you hear it and you don't obey it, then that's between you and the Lord, right? You need to take heed to what you hear. Unless it slips and you lose it. There's a lot of people today are losing their salvation. And they used to come here. Come on, somebody. Or some other church. They heard the gospel. There's no excuse. Listen, I used to tell that in me and my wife. Brother Mike was pastor here. He never hardly called me and told me to come to church. We just knew we had to do it. You know, I'm not saying we did everything perfect, but that's one thing we grabbed the hold of. We knew we had to go to church. We knew we had to come to prayer meetings. We knew we had to do those things. We knew we had to spend time in the Word. We knew we had to pray. Nobody had to tell us how to do that. It was just automatic. And I don't, I, I, to be honest, I don't remember Brother Mike ever calling me and saying, Lenny, why are you not in church? Not one time. Only when I, I was sick one day and I, <laughs> I said, Brother Mike, I'm not feeling good. He said, well, come over here. We'll pray for you. <laughs> you're, la you're laughing, but I'm glad he's done that. Today, because <laughs> it taught me something about, you know, well, the Bible says, any sick among you, call on the elders of the church, anoint them at all, and prayer of faith will heal the sick. And if he has committed any sin, it'll be forgiven him. So the Bible said it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. There's, a, there's, there's a scripture in Proverbs 14, 14. Listen, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own way. See, if you don't have God in your life, if you don't have this book, you're going to do whatever's right in your own eyes. Right? We went to Walmart one day, and I saw a sign up there. And, and listen, it sounded good to the flesh. Really, it did. But it was, it, was, it was very deceitful. Do what you feel is right in your own heart. I said, man. I said, if I do what my heart wants to do, <laughs> I'll be in trouble. <laughs> The flesh doesn't want to please God. The flesh don't want to serve God. The flesh don't want to do what God wants it to do. See, that day when Brother Mike called and said, come, we'll pray for you. I didn't want to go to church. I was sick. <laughs> oh, you're going to wake up. <laughs> but I grumbled a little bit. And I said, oh, you don't understand. And I get up and go in there. <laughs> But I'm so glad I did because I've reaped it. I wouldn't, be where I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I wouldn't have came to church, been with brothers and sisters in the Lord, heard the gospel. I was listening to a thing on 
on uh, Phil Robinson said that they made a movie about him, and uh, I'm going to see it. Really, I, I, his testimony of Jesus Christ is amazing. I don't go to the movies hardly. But he said something that they were interviewing his family, and he was talking about when he, had, you know, he gave his life to the Lord. And one of his kids or his grandkids said, you know what? If he wouldn't have done that, there would be no Doug Dynasty. There would be no, no what we have today. There would be no family. I said, man, I kind of said the same thing at one time. What if I wouldn't have given my life to Jesus? I'm going to lie to you. I backslid sometimes. Coming to church, I just got dry. I got cold. You know, complacent. And you know what? I felt it. But it don't take long for the Holy Spirit to wake you up, right? When the Holy Spirit tells you something, I said, Lanny, that ain't right. I said, you, you're falling away. You, you're just growing cold. Get back, on, get back on track. Seek me. That's how I live my life as a Christian, me and my wife both. No matter how hard it was sometimes, we just kept going. Listen, I've been to when, when people had troubles, church had trouble, everything had trouble. Listen, God has a purpose and a reason. To teach you something. And you ain't going to learn it going backward. See, I don't want to go back to what I was. I don't like what I was. I hated what I was. I hated my life in the past. I don't want to think much. I can't sit down and talk to my kids about what I used to. Some people do it so freely. I can't. Because there's nothing to brag about when it comes to sin, right? There's nothing to brag about what we've done when we're defiling Against the Lord, blaspheming our God, doing what we wanted to do. But a backslider will do what's right in his own way. He'll never seek the will of God. He'll never seek God's way. Hosea chapter 11 verse 7 says this, And my people are bent to backslide. Now listen to this. That scripture called bent to backslide. They, they, they so willingly want to go back. The children of Israel, you have to read from about chapter 3 to all the way to the end of, of, of Hosea. It was all about God correcting the nation of Israel for its backslidden state. And he said some stuff to these people. Listen, it will shock you. And, and I'm talking about it. it wasn't these prosperity preachers you heard today. It wasn't these, listen, you get right. You come back to the Father. You forget. But if you stay, you'll die in your sin. You have defied God. You have, you have, you have, listen, it was hard. You need to go read that book. You're going to find out that God wasn't happy with a backslider, right? And he goes, and he says this in Jeremiah 31, 22. How long would thou go about to backsliding? Now listen, that's, that's a stuff. I don't want to offend God. I don't know about you, but I don't want I, I want my life to be pleasing unto the Lord. Now, everybody who raised their hand probably would say that in here. Amen. How can I please him? <laughs> Listen, most people say, well, I go to church. Yeah, that's good. But a lot of people go to church that don't even know him. As great as church is. I, I, this, I encourage you. You can't. Listen, I don't believe a, a, a Christian can serve God properly without being in the local fellowship. Without going to church. Because the church is the healing house. I mean, you said it this morning. It is the place where we receive the word from the Lord. Can you sit at your house and do that? You got to come to church, right? You got to get the word of God in your heart. 
But when we find ourselves start sliding, that's, a, that's, that's one. Of, I've noticed that. And I'm not picking on anybody. Seriously, listen to me. I'm going to see what the Lord says. I, I noticed that through my walk with God, the first thing people do to backslide is stop going to church. That's one of the first things they do. And it's hard because you don't want to see that. No way. We need to focus on where God wants us. He didn't put this church here just to be pretty. Or just to say it's here. He put it for a reason. He planted this church in Coral Homes for a reason. That the people could come and hear the gospel. They're not going to hear it at the false churches down the road. They're not going to hear it. They're not going to hear it at the religions that, that don't teach you how to walk with God. They're not going to hear it. They're going to put you through a system of programs and, you know, make you kneel down, get up, say this, but no change of heart. But we don't want to be that way over here, okay? Sometimes things that are said are hard, but it gives you something to go home and pound on your spirit and know that, is that me? I sat in this church a long time. Let me tell you something. I got pounded on it. I thank God for it. I, I don't regret one moment, Sister Kathy. Not one. God is, my wife's right there. Not one moment have I regretted sitting here and hearing this gospel preach. I can't think about, listen, we need to wake up. It's where our heart and passion is. That's where. Listen, you want to you continue, you're going to go to church. You're going to pray. You're going to read your Bible, right? Hallelujah. Okay, Jeremiah chapter, uh, and I want to say this, in chapter 3, verse 14. Turn, O backslider. Turn, backslider. Children say it, the Lord, for I am married to you. And as the Lord's telling the children that I'm married to you. God says, I'm married to you. See, when you got saved, you married the Lord. Listen, divorce is not very acceptable in God's word. But even more when you divorce the Lord. Come on. Listen, when you made a commitment to Jesus, you made a commitment of marriage. You married Christ. If you ever studied the scriptures, you find out that a marriage is, your marriage to Jesus so reflects your marriage to your wife or your husband. I remember years ago, <laughs> I had preached in Anderson. I said, I can tell how much you love God on how you treat your wife. Man, you should have saw the hairs come up. <laughs> I said, listen, you talk to your wife like trash. That's how you see God. Come on, Jesus. You, you're getting mad. <laughs> the vice versa, the wife the same way. Jesus said that he gave his life, you give your life for your wife as Christ gave the church, gave for the church and gave itself for it. I asked my wife, I asked the Lord one day, I said, do I love my wife, Lord? He said, would you die for her? I said, in a heartbeat. <laughs> then you love her as Christ loved the church. See, marriage is a, sh a shadow of what you, your marriage to your, your spouse is a shadow of what you got with the Lord. Your marriage to God. Does that make sense? Would you call Jesus names? <laughs> Would you criticize and disrespect him? <laughs> Would you tell Jesus to take a hike? <laughs> I better go and stop him. <laughs> no, but I'm saying that's because you're married to him. 
Somebody says, I don't believe Jesus hears me when I pray. I say, why don't you cuss him? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, he hears. <laughs> he hears. He says, again, I'll read it again. Turn, O backslider, backslidden children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. Oh, that gets a little deeper because you know what? I got saved. Good. You're married to Jesus. I talk in tongues. You're married to Jesus. I sing gospel songs. You're married to Jesus. Ooh, you, you, you understand? What? Listen, I can't go anywhere without her. I can't go. Listen, I, I'm not going to run around with another woman, right? Because she's my wife. Okay. I'm married to her. She can see me like nobody can see me. Come on. Listen, stop. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, look, seriously. Yeah, well, I got faults. And you know what? I'm learning not to have them. But I tell you what, I'm not, listen, I don't curse her. I don't call her names. I don't hit her. I don't want to disrespect her. That's what happened just in the last five, six years. It's been even worse because I make sure when she goes outside to check something in the door, I look at the door and make sure she's okay because I'm married. I don't want nothing to happen to her. <laughs> they got a lot of goon balls running around our neighborhood, right, Lawrence? You live there too. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Listen, if somebody puts their hand on my wife, I'm going to think I got a demon, brother. No, she's my wife. I'm married to her, right? Somebody told me years ago, and I'm, I'm not going to be much longer. said, you know how you know you have a good marriage? Is that when the husband waits for the wife, and you're walking down, go to church, the husband don't leave his wife behind. He's waiting for her. <laughs> he don't leave her in the back. <laughs> I said, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think I'm hitting, you know, you throw a, dark, a rock in a dark alley and somebody, you know, you hit something. <laughs> but it's true, though. You see that. You know, marriage is powerful. Marriage is not saying, I do, you do, and we're going off and I'm going to marry. It's a union between a man and a woman forever. So our union with Christ is forever. I'm going to say it again. You are married to Jesus before you're married to that person you're next to. Your, your marriage to him is more union, union than your own wife. Okay. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Ouch. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 6 says, Has thou seen that backslidden Israel, what, they, what they've done? Now Israel had gotten to the place in Jeremiah's day where poor Jeremiah, he was about the loneliest evangelist there ever was. Because the whole nation was backsliding. He tried to lead people to the Lord. He had a few, but and the majority of people in the nation was, was, was a, a rebelling against God. He, he preached the most powerful message recorded in the Bible, but saw the less results. Okay. Because his message was to repent. Turn from your sin. Put off your idolaters. They'd go to church. We call it church. It was the temple. They would gather the temple. They would do all the same sacrifices and stuff. But they were worshiping other gods. 
They were mixing the, trying to mix God with, with false religion. And you can't do that, right? And Jeremiah warned, you come up there and you say, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Meaning, we're here to honor the Lord. And you go back and you live in adultery. You go back, then you offer sacrifice to false gods. It broke his heart. He said, you're going to serve the Lord or you're not going to serve him at all. You can't eat at the Lord's table and the devil's table at the same time. See, the devil's table, if you were there a few months back, I had those two old loaves of bread right here on the table, and one had, had, had corrupted it. I, I put some paint and tinner, and, and, and it looked horrible. <laughs> and I had one on this side, which was the good bread. I said, which one of these would you eat? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was bad. Mom. Oh, if you go, on, you go on the Facebook page, it's still there. You can see the two breads, what they look like. I said, which one would you eat? Would you eat the bread that's corrupt and defiled? The bread that is full of poison? But if you're going in the world, that's what you're doing. You're not eating God's bread. You're eating the world's bread. I'm almost finished. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm glad I came to church. <laughs> Verse 15 of Jeremiah 6 says this, Thou hast forsaken me, saith the Lord. Thou art going backwards. Now I hope in this church, there's none of you, okay? Seriously, I hope you're not backsliding on God. I hope you're going forward. But I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. God, the Lord reaches out to everyone. Anyone wants to repent and give his life to Jesus, the door is open. And he's calling out, but many are going to choose it. Not, not many are going to choose. Next to the, you see, most people don't know when the rapture is going to happen. We think, if you see a few million people, that's a lot. But that's not, the, that's not a high percentage on 7 billion. You get what I'm saying? There won't be a whole lot. And we, most of them that go to church are going to miss it. Don't, don't be that person, Okay. How do I get to heaven except the Lord and live for him? Listen, I'm not saying you're perfect, but you're striving. You're going forward. You get what I'm saying? You're learning the ways of the Lord. You're accepting the things of God in your life. That's a hungry person. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, the Bible says, but they're going to be filled. You've got to hunger for the Lord. I'm going to ask you a question. You, you don't have to raise your hand, but just in your own heart, how many of you are hungry for God? I mean, just don't answer me. Just, you know. How many of you want to touch the Lord in your life? How many of you are really hungry? You know, when I get hungry, I'm on a diet right now. I lost about 13, 15 pounds, maybe. And you know what? I get hungry. Listen, you, you, <laughs> you're on a diet. You pass down Main Street in Broadbridge. You smell the McDonald's. You smell the Burger King. You smell the Boudin. You smell everything down the street. <laughs> It's hard, but I got to make up in my mind, Lord, if I'm going to make this work. I said, I can't eat that stuff. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying I'm never going to eat it again, but for right now, if I'm going to achieve what I want. <laughs> I told Janice, I said, uh, I weigh 270. I was weighing 285. Weigh 270. I said, I want to lose about 40 more pounds. After that, hello, ice cream. Hello, boudin. Hello. <laughs> 
you said it right. I'm going to get it back. <laughs> but seriously, I, even when I get to that point, I got to make a decision. Do I want to stay like this? I feel better. My knees don't hurt as much as the Kathy. I was having problems getting up. You hear the bones. <laughs> Something ain't right somewhere. <laughs> but you know, if I'm going to make it happen, even when I achieve it, I got to stay with it, right? Yeah. And I'm not, you, you can eat boudin or I like cracking. Once in a while, listen, you can eat that. But that shouldn't be your uh, daily consumption, right? And we're looking at stuff like that and say, if I'm going to do that in the spirit, when I get to where I want to be, I got to continue, right? Yeah. You know, Scripture said, no, yet appear what we're going to be. That's what the Bible says. But when he comes, we're going to be like him. You know what Jesus is? Jesus is glorified in a glorified body. Jesus don't get sick. He don't, get, he don't age. He don't have diseases. He's prone to anything. His body's glorified. It's in the presence of the Lord. So when we get to heaven, that's how it's going to be. We're going to be glorified. I might even look good, Mom. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Listen. You got to stay with it. You got to stay driving. For, go forward. I'm almost finished. Seriously. <laughs> Let me just read my scripture. Psalms, oh no, Psalms 2 verse 3. Let us break his bonds from a, uh, uh, break his bonds in pieces and cast their cords away. Now what Jesus is saying, or the, 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 David is saying that in the world, the government says we don't need God. We don't need Jesus is loose, loop around our neck. We don't need Jesus' bondage. Let us free ourselves from him. Let us, let us cast our cords away from him. And Christians are doing the same thing today. We're not going to have this man to rule over us. You better let him rule over you. You, we're not going to have this because the, the, the Pharisees came to Jesus and he told them a, a story about a man that went into a far country and he came back. You know what I'm saying? And when he came back, he sent his, he sent his servants, which would represent, represent the prophets, to warn them, to tell them about what's going on. And they would kill him, Lawrence. They would kill the prophets. And he sent another one. And he said, I'm going to send my only son over there. Maybe they'll obey him. And he said to him, son, and guess what they did to him? They killed him. He said, here comes the heir. Let us kill him. And we'll get his inheritance. And listen, these Pharisees were evil, man. He, they got angry at him. They said, we're not going to have this man to rule over us. Let me tell you, there's a lot of sincere people in hell today. Because they didn't want this man ruling over them. Good people. People that met well. People that, that demonstrated some type of godliness, but they denied Jesus. I say that often. There's people in hell died with money that you could never spend in a lifetime. But they would, come, they would give everything they have right now to come out of that hell they're in and sit right here and live on a, a dumb heap, heap for the opportunity to hear the gospel one more time. They would gladly, without hesitation, give it all away. And that's how, my God, I feel it. That's how important it is today for you. 
when you hear this gospel, heed to it. Don't heed to me. Heed to the word. Because you're going to wake up one day and face your maker. And he's going to want to know, what did you do with my son Jesus? Right? He's not going to want to know how much money you gave to the poor. He's not going to want to know how many times you went to church. He's not going to want to know. He's going to want to, what did you do with my, listen, if I do what I'm supposed to do with Jesus, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do those things. Right? But if I grow cold, I'm going to hang the Bible up. I'm going to hang church up. I'm going to hang prayer up. I'm going to hang everything up. You know, I'm just going to live like everybody else, right? No, you can't do that. Let me say something to you today. And, and please don't take this wrong. Faith is work. It takes work. It takes exercising and growing and understanding and believing. That, that don't happen overnight. I said a, year, a while back about it, a year back I said, you know, we, we don't need our faith. We need God's faith. See, God's faith don't waver. Remember when he said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. was our form and That was God's faith. And he said it was good. Right? <laughs> I tried to play that back in my mind. I said, just by saying it? God's word came alive. He said, and every, all through the seven days of creation, he said, it was good. You know who messed it up? Man. You know who didn't disobey, disobey God? Man. You know who brought death and sickness and disease in the world? Man. Because God never had that plan. God only had good plan for us. It's because we would not listen to him in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. I told Jan that was just joking around, but I was serious. I said, sometimes we're a little bit Adishmish. You know what that is? <laughs> Jan said, and why they did what they did? We might have done the same thing. <laughs> So we look at Adam and Eve. You're sure they're the ones that started sin in the world. But what if it had been you? Would you ate of that fruit? Oh, no. You don't start with that because Peter walked with Jesus. Remember? Peter said, Jesus said, Peter said, I'll go to prison with you, Lord. He said, no, no. You're going to deny three times you even knew me this night. Oh, no. Not Peter was swore. Not me, no. No, no, not me. I never. Guess what happened? You think you know yourself. You think you know yourself. But when the pressure comes, can you still stand up for Jesus? I'm going to close with this, okay? Well, let me read this one. It's a verse in Revelations. It says in chapter 3, verse 2 says, Be watchful and strengthen those things which remain that are ready to die. See, the Lord is correcting the church in the first two chapters of, or the first three chapters of, of, of Revelation. And he brought this attention. He said, you better strengthen what's fixing to die. Listen, if you feel like your faith is dying, stop. And get started. That's the, listen, more than going to work, more than taking care of your family, more than anything in your life. If that faith is dying, you better stop right there and say, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. This is a personal thing. Right? I got to make that same decision. I have made that decision. And my faith is more important than my wife. My faith is more important than my life on this earth. If I give her my faith, life don't even matter. Seriously. The world's going to do what it wants with me. It's going it's to destroy my life. That's all it's going to do. 
If my faith is not active in my life today, if your faith is not active, if you feel like your faith is dying, start getting right. Repent. Ask the Lord to strengthen you. Start today. Make sure that your faith is strengthened. He says, and, and, and I'm finishing with this one. Chapter 2, verse 5 says this in Revelation. Remember therefore from which you are fallen and repent. Heard me? Remember from which you are fallen and repent. And do the first work or else I will come to you quickly and remove your candlestick or your lampstand. Boogie talked about that. Menorah, which is a symbol of the seven spirits of God. You don't have to study all that stuff. But when, when John the Revelator saw that, he saw this lampstand which had seven candles on it. And they represented the spirit of God. That's what it represented. When those candles went out, there was no hope. See, there was a, there was a place in the, in the temple where they kept the fire burning all the time. And that's what happened when, when Ruge was talking about this morning, about Eli. They had let the, the fire of God go out, which, was a, 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 which represented the Holy Spirit. And when the fire of God went out, God was out. You could have did all the religious things you wanted. When you let that fire burn out, God wasn't there. My God, do you hear me? <laughs> it says... Do the first work or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand or your candlestick from its place unless you repent. Um, you can stand up, praise God. And again, you know where you're at with the Lord, okay? I'm not, I'm not your judge. Like I said, I'm only here to give you a word from the Lord, okay? God is your judge. If I ask you today, are you backsliding on the Lord? And don't raise no hands, please. That's not what I'm You know. Is your life right with God? Is your life surrendered to the Lord? You answer your own question. Would it be yes or would it be no? I'm going to pray right now because I want to do that. We're going to ask the Lord. Let's recommit our life to Christ this morning, all of us, okay? Let's ask the Lord to renew his spirit in us, our desire for him, our passion for him, and ask him to come into our hearts and repent of our backslidden states, that we have drifted away from the Lord. I feel good about this. Seriously, I do. I feel like maybe this is a brand new start for a lot of us that have been drawing, but have been growing cold, and I haven't understand why. There has to be a desire a burning desire for the Lord. Would you pray with me? You might be already saved. That's not what I'm talking about. But sometimes we have to go back and recommit ourselves because sometimes we, we allow things that are not pleasing to the Lord. and we, We've drifted. We've prayed less. We've read our Bible less. And on we can go through all the whole system again without your story. We spend more time with the things of this world and not enough with God. We don't mind sitting in front of a football game for three hours, but we won't pray for 15 minutes. <laughs> Come on. We, we, you get what I'm saying? We'll put our efforts into other things that don't bring life to us. But when it comes to the Lord, we won't, we won't strive. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I, I pray that the Holy Spirit would, would do a work in each one of us. 
I want us to know you, Lord Jesus. I want to know you, me. I want to understand your ways. I want to draw close to you. Let there be a passion and a burning desire for you in our hearts. That we would wake up in the morning ready to seek you. We, we desire you, Lord God, every part of the day. As we go, we, we go through our, our, our daily life, our work, and our jobs, we, there's always be that attitude of prayer in us, Lord. Father, my God, teach us your ways, O oh Lord. Give us your passion. Show us your desire. I want you to pray with me. Dear God in heaven, pray with me. All pray with me. Let's all pray together. Dear God in heaven, forgive us for sliding away, for sinning against you, for drawing to the world and not to you. Right now, Father, as Revelation says, we repent. We ask you to forgive us. We commit our lives back to Jesus in his service. In the name of Jesus, today's a new day. Come on, today's a new day. Tomorrow's gone. Today, in this house, we committed our lives to you and put our faith in your death. In Jesus' name, we believe you rose again. The third day, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.